Wow, love us all being able to worship together. This place is packed. Congratulations for uh, enduring the great flood of 2018 and uh, being here with us today. We're thrilled that you're here. Uh, in the mid, mid-18th century, uh, there was a man named Robert Robertson. Uh, he, it was a, a sunny uh, Sunday, but for Robert Robertson, Sundays were very gloomy. He didn't like them because it reminded him of who he had once been. He um, hated church bells. He hated seeing all the people on the streets dressed up going to church because it made him feel guilty. And so on this sunny day, he's feeling pretty gloomy. And he gets into a taxi carriage. And when he gets in there, there's this young lady. It's obvious she's going to church. And, and they start a conversation and they introduce themselves. He says, I'm Robert Robinson. And she says, could, could you be the Robert Robertson? She reaches in her purse and she takes up a little book of poetry. And she says, could you be the Robert Robertson who wrote these words? And he takes the book and he says, yes, ma'am, that's me. And she said, my, what an honor that I get to be on the same carriage ride with you. And he's consumed with looking at his own words. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. But then his eyes drifted to the bottom of the verses. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. He turned to the young lady and handed her book back. He says, I have lived these words. Prone to wonder prone to leave the God I love. And then she looked at him and she said, but you don't have to, your own words say, here's my heart, oh take and seal it. You could give your heart to God. It's never too late. And for Robert Robertson it wasn't. It was that encounter in that carriage ride, reminded of his own beautiful words from that wonderful hymn that he had written that brought him back. Why? Because there's so much truth in those three words, prone to wonder. We're all prone to wonder. Because if you just let your life go in the natural way, it's not going to go in the right direction. It's like this spring, you know, when the floods are finally over and our grass begins to grow, you don't have to decide to destroy your lawn. You don't have to till it up. You don't have to take a hoe and beat it to death. All you have to do is neglect it. Just don't cut it. Don't weed it. Don't put any fertilizer on it. Just allow it to go its natural course and your yard will be destroyed. And guys, here's the truth of Scripture and the truth of our story today is that when you allow yourself just to go your natural way, you will wonder. Don't say, I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. If that's what you're going to do, you're going to be off track. And so today, we're going to have a great opportunity to get on track. Today we go to, to God's people in a moment when they were absolutely prone to wonder. If you have your Bible want to follow along, go to 2 Kings chapter 22 with me. And, and what we're going to watch is something you, you've maybe not read, but it's King Josiah's revival. Uh, God's people have wandered far from him. They, they've lost their love. In fact, it's so bad, if you look in verse 
8 of chapter 22, they discover something hidden in the temple. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan and he read it. They had wondered so far that they didn't even have the book of the law. Now that may be the first five books of the Old Testament or it might just simply be the book of Deuteronomy. But somehow they've lost it and they discover it there in the temple. And then look at verse 10. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. That's King Josiah. Let's look at this. When the king heard the words of the book, he tore his robes. What's, what's that all about? To tear your clothes was like putting ashes on. It was a sign of repentance. I mean, here's all these years. I mean, he's the king of the people of God. They're in the temple of God where the law has been lost, my goodness. And they read it. And Josiah, he knows how far they've wandered. And then you get over in chapter 23. This king decides to do something about it. Look at verse 1. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah. The inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets... All the people from the least to the greatest, he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenants in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart, all his soul. Thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to this covenant. So they're, they're absolutely shell-shocked by this reading. And they, they, they begin to see all the things that they've neglected, all the bad avenues they've driven down. Look at verse 4. The king ordered Hilkiah the high priest... The priests next in rank and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles from Baal and Asherah and all the starry host. Look how, how, how vivid this is. How decisive this is. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. I mean, in the temple of the Lord, you've got this ancient foreign god, Baal, You've got Asherah, which was really a a sexual symbol. Asherah was thought to be the mistress of Baal. I mean, things have gone so far that you came to church and you've got these idols in the middle of it. And King Josiah is so convicted that he begins there, if you read the chapter in depth, to burn and destroy everything that's not of God. And then look at verse 21. The king gave this order to all the people. Celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God as it's written in the book of the covenant. Neither in the days of the judges who led Israel nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah had such a Passover been observed. The greatest feast in the Jewish nation had been forgotten. And then look at this description of King Josiah. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned the Lord as he did with all his heart, 
with all his soul, with all his strength, in accordance with the law of Moses. What a story. And in this story, I want us to to write down a few points about how we move on with our life. This is our last Sunday of the year 2018. We begin moving in just two days into a brand new year. What happens in this revival? Number one, they read God's word. I mean, what I want you to see here is this hunger for God's word. Many of us experienced this a couple of decades ago when the Iron Curtain came down and you would go to the former Soviet Union and people would wait in line for hours around blocks to get simply a copy of the New Testament. They were so hungry for God's Word. And then number two, they renewed their promise. Okay, they, they, they hear God's Word, they know they've broken the covenant, and so they renew this promise. My favorite preachers, Andy Stanley, puts it this way. You plan toward what is good, you drift toward what is bad. Say that with me. You plan toward what is good, you drift toward what is bad. That's the point of our message today. Unless you come up with a plan, unless you do some specific, even I would say today, some dramatic things to do good, you will naturally drift toward what is bad. And so they stop and they renew the covenant. And then number three, they remember God's deliverance. They remember the love of God, the faithfulness of God. That's when they partake of the Passover. They had drifted so far that they had forgotten the most sacred feast of all, which was the yearly Passover. Which, if you're not familiar, was a celebration of their deliverance from slavery in Egypt to the promised land of Israel. Now, how in the world could that happen? It had to be a slow drift. I don't think, you know, the high priest stood up one day and said, uh, you know, this has gotten old us. For now on, we're just not going to celebrate the Passover. Just slowly but surely, they were, they were less regular and, and less dedicated, and it became a hassle, but they finally just drop it. I mean, you know that. I mean, it happens to any of us about church. I mean, you know, maybe at one point, man, your, your church, every time the doors are open, and then slowly you skip this and you skip that, and, and, and before long, you know, every Sunday you've got a decision to make about whether you're coming to church or not. And on a day like today, it might be an easy day to make a decision not to come. So thanks for coming. But, but you didn't decide one day. You didn't shake your fist at God one day and say, no more going to church, God, I'm sick of it. It just slowly and surely happen you just drifted and so they begin to remember the passover again and then i think here's the key if you read this chapter in in detail they begin to remove entanglements okay everything they've seen that that's sinful you see they've not even read the covenant for a long time they don't know what's right and what's wrong They, they don't know the will of god is so they discover it And King Josiah gets rather dramatic. We saw the the verses we were reading, that they burned those idols. And if you keep reading, there's all these words. They tore down, they pulled down, they smashed to pieces, they cut down, they slaughtered, they got rid of. Can you imagine the impression that had on the people when the king says, you know, I'm not just saying, guys, give up these things or, um, you know, let's think about these things. Let's reevaluate a little while. Um, you know, some of these things are good. Some of these things are bad. I mean, I know it's going to take you time to grow. No, he says, we're obliterating it 
right now, right here, we're getting rid of it. And our Lord Jesus said that we've got to be decisive about sin. He says something very vivid. He said, if your right eye offends you, what do you do? Pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. What's Jesus saying? When sin gets in your life, it's so destructive, you better get rid of it before it messes you up. And so, Hebrews 12 says, we've got to get rid of all the things that entangle us. I want you to start thinking right now. What is it that you want to leave back in 2018? What is it that trips you up? What is it sinful? What is it that diverts you from the things of God? What is it that makes you unkind to the people you love? And what, what is it that you want to put behind in a very dramatic way? And then one more thing. They, he rekindled their fire. I mean, it, it says about this king, he loved God with all his heart, soul, and strength. You, you see, guys, with... with, with they needed is they needed some passion because we need some passion for God because nothing ever happens good on this earth unless somebody's got some passion for it it really bothers me when I was growing up in church it's almost like don't get too excited we don't want you to be too demonstrative in worship we don't want you to get too excited and we would even say be careful about these certain people because they might get too excited now let me say something we never met those people no, nobody ever got too excited. I would die for the day at Landmark Church when our elders had to call some of you guys in and say, you have just gotten too excited out of your mind and you've got to calm it down. Wouldn't you love that? But it never happens. Because we get excited about politics, just read social media. We get excited about football, just watch this over the last few days. But when it comes to the things of God, at times we come in with so little passion. I love what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 6 verse 11. Exactly what Josiah is doing here. He says, you guys, you need to be dead to sin and you need to be alive to God. My friends, if all you do is take out the bad things in your life and you don't replace them with the fire and passion for God, they're coming back. You know, as a kid, I'm sorry to get to use this illustration of my favorite. I noticed as a kid growing up in church, some of you remember when we used to go to church on Sunday nights. Anybody remember that? Okay, and we'd come into church, and there wouldn't be many people here, and so the song leader, we called him that day, would say, there's not many folks here, would you all stand up and move forward, that would help our worship. Did anybody ever watch what happened in that moment? I was in the teen section, all four of us, and we sat over on this, <laughs> this side, and then we watched nothing happen. And even as a 12-year-old kid, I thought, what's our deal? I mean, someone just asked us to come forward to make the worship better, and we sit there. And guys, a few months ago, I asked you guys to make more room for guests. Would you move forward? And let me say this, a lot of you did, thank God. Or you're going to feel really guilty at this moment, all right? <laughs> because let me tell you this, here's my favorite line I've probably ever said in the sermon. The early church was so fired up about Jesus, they went into all the world. We would be downright thrilled if some of you guys would move up a couple of pews. My friends, how do we reach the world unless we got a passion? Here's what bothers me. The world's so passionate about partying. The world's so passionate about material goods. And then they look at us and we're dead about the thing that really matters. That's not right. If anybody's ever told you it's good to be spiritually dead and it's better to go to a dead church where there's no emotion, somebody lied to you. What we need is a passion for God. 
Wow, what a great morning we've had. We're going to spend today and next Sunday responding uh, to what we have experienced. You can see the five points that we made earlier about how you move on. And uh, we're now going to go to number four, which is to remove those things that are entangling your life. Next week, we'll talk about what is your next step. Today, we're going to get rid of some stuff, and next week, we're going to add the good stuff. And so here's the question I want to leave you with today, is what do you need to leave behind in 2018? In view of the reading of the gospel, so beautifully done, how are you going to respond to it? I think of Josiah's dramatic response to what we would think is the most boring part of Scripture, the law of God. You know, most of us think that, you know, there's the Old Testament God and there's a New Testament God. And in between the Old Testament, God repented and became a Christian. I don't believe that. They're the same God. But I do believe in the New Testament we have the complete revelation of who God is. That we see Him the clearest. And so if the people in Josiah's day could respond to the law in that way, what should our response be to the gospel of God's grace? So I'm asking you, what do you need to leave behind in the year 2018? Now, in your copy of Lifelines, there's a little card with that question on it. Please take that out right now. Everybody take that out. There's pens in front of you. And you don't have to start writing right now, but I'm going to give you a time in just a moment to write down what you're going to leave behind. And maybe for you, you know, and remember how dramatic Josiah was. They burned, they tore down, they smashed, they got rid of it. Maybe for you it is a sin in your life. I mean, it's just something black and white that you're doing that you know God's told you not to do. Or maybe it's not as per se sin, but it's like what Josiah was dealing with. Maybe it's an idol. It's just something that's too important to you. It's not bad. But you're more fired up about it than you are about Jesus. You, you put more focus on it than you do the kingdom of God. And so maybe you need to write that idol down. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. We have a great addiction ministry called RSVP here that can help you in overcoming those. Maybe it's an attitude you have, just a stinking negative attitude about everything in life. You critique everything and everybody. Maybe it's um, a behavior. Maybe it's an obsession with things. It might just simply be spiritual laziness. The Bible calls that lukewarmness. Jesus says, that makes me sick at my stomach. Maybe it's just misplaced priorities. I mean, you didn't mean for these things to become the big things in your life. You never chose and said, God, I'm going to put more emphasis on this than on your kingdom. But you slowly drifted to that place. And today you want to put a marker down that you're not going to be that way. There may be a relationship that you're in that you have no business being in. That you need to get rid of because it's causing some bad things in your life. Maybe like so many of us, it's a thought pattern. It just goes over and over that you need some freedom from. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance to get rid of that. So can I have the men bring the trash cans down? We actually had planned today, you might say some orange buckets out there, we had planned today to have a fire out in the parking lot, but the weather has not cooperated well. I'm not joking, we were going to do that, okay? 
Because I think Josiah was so wise in what he did. He didn't play games with it. He didn't fool around with it. He said, we're, we're getting rid of this. And so in the next few minutes, I want you to think about what you're going to leave behind in 2018. Because you've got a dramatic choice here, okay? You can be like Josiah, who when he heard the word of God, it affected him so deeply that he tore his clothes. Now, Josiah's revival doesn't last a long time, I hate to tell you. Because his son's name was Jehoiakim. And he was far from like his dad. In fact, when he heard the word of God from a scroll... He tore the scroll up. So you got a choice today. We've been looking at the Word of God all year. Nobody can say we're not in the Word of God in this church. We've been looking at the Gospel of Luke all year. And now you have a choice to be like Josiah and take a dramatic action to get rid of something. Or you can be like Jehoiakim and you just, you know, instead of listening, you just rather tear it up. Instead of really doing what God wants you to do, you say, great day, buddy. I can't believe that you're doing that with this Bible up here on stage. My friends, when you don't obey God's word, that's what you're doing. When you just neglect it, when you act like you didn't say it, when you justify actions you know and you go as close to the line as you can get, when you know that that's not what, that's what we're doing. See, some of you are going to be madder at me for ripping this book up than you are about you neglecting the Word of God. Now, let me say this. Don't get too mad at me. This is a 30-year-old version of the Living Bible that wasn't a very good Bible anyway, okay? (laughs) But, my friends, you got this choice. Either you can come in repentance to God or you can just... And you wouldn't have the guts to literally do it probably, but that's what you're doing. You're just tearing up the Word of God and acting like it's not there and just going about your life with some things in your life that are not of God. So, you say, buddy, I I know what you're doing. This is the beginning of the new year and I don't believe in resolutions. I stopped making them a long time ago and that's what you're trying to get. Listen to me, listen to me. I understand that. But if you're not going to repent right now, at the beginning of a new year, with this great opportunity to make a statement before God, when will you do it? I'm not asking you to make a list of 10 things. I'm asking you this week to get rid of one thing, next week to take one step. So we're keeping it simple. So take a moment right now with your card, and I want you to write down what you need to leave in 2018. Think about it. Let me pray about it. God, what a day we've had. Oh, God, your word is so wonderful, God. The gospel is so incredible. The promise that we embrace around the table of eternal life through your son Jesus just moves us so deeply. 
And God, it's time for us to move. Before we leave this year, it's time for us to move and leave some things behind. And God, if any of us are sitting there wondering, mine was pretty quick for me, but there may be some that you're not so sure. And and Father, what we're asking right now is for you to reveal to them, would you give them a breakthrough, a moment of honesty? Maybe that subject they've not wanted to face, that they're given too much time in a certain area of their life that's not worthy of that, God. That they've allowed a habit or an addiction to form in their life that's destroying them and possibly even destroying their family. God, help them to know that. And help them to be bold enough to do something about it. Help them to leave it behind. And God, we may not need just to come up here and rip these up in these trash cans today. That could be a first step. We probably need to get in some kind of small group and get some help. Because Satan's not giving up. But Lord, we want to be dead to sin and we want to be alive to you. So God, thank you. God, for your beautiful, awesome, wonderful, good news in your word. And Lord, I pray today that we will be like Josiah. And that we will tear up those things that are messing us up. And not like Jehoiakim, who decided just to tear up your word. God bless our response today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Praise teams and start singing a song. As, as, as you begin to sing along, what I'm, I'm going to ask you to do, and I'll, I'll go ahead and do it because mine is pretty plain what I need to do. I just want you to come up to one of these trash cans and just rip it apart and put it away. And we're not playing a game here. This is serious, but we've got some time. If you need to sit there a moment and think some longer, but I invite every one of you to come and dramatically do this, not because we got to see it, but because like Josiah and you, you need something dramatic if you're going to leave it behind. So let's start singing and let's start moving.